Welcome to Plead the Cause, where we are pleading the cause of the orphaned and vulnerable children around the world and right here at home. I'm Tommy, the Director of Community Engagement for Heart of the Bride Ministries, and I'm joined today by Brian Christman, our Executive Director. And Brian, we have a special guest joining us on the podcast today. Would you please introduce your lovely bride? Oh, thanks, Tommy. Yeah, well, you gave it away, man. Come on, you gotta, you gotta let me say that. My lovely bride oh, my is bad. with me today, and her favorite thing is to be on camera. So this is this is what she loves to do. This is my wife, Sonia. We've been married for almost twenty nine years now, yeah. and so um, Sonia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. She's making her debut tonight in the podcast world. So, yeah. Hey, this is great too. I'm excited to hear you guys share this story. So we've been uh, we've been talking about adoption. You know, we interviewed Matt and kind of did an overview of adoption. We talked about the different types of adoption and and you guys did an international adoption. And so we're going to hear your story today. So we're excited to hear just your heart for it, what kind of led to it and, and what the process was like. So uh, first and foremost, growing up, you know, what were your thoughts about adoption did you was it something you were aware of or saw people do like what was kind of your experience with that I don't really think I thought mm -hmm. much about it I don't think I did either honestly. I don't I can't remember mm -hmm. even really and I grew up in a small town uh in central Alabama I can't even really remember like knowing someone and just going oh they mm -hmm. were adopted or I'm thinking that the same family thing. Adopted. I'm trying to think but um yeah, I don't believe that we had much exposure to that, or I did. I didn't. Yeah, I don't think that my family really talked about it no. much, or, you know, but I would say if I heard things about adoption, sometimes it was probably negative comments mm. about it at times, you know, because I just don't think I was even really in a community that understood it well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't think we, th you know, we hear like, meet couples that are like, Hey, when we met mm -hmm. and we started talking about children, we talked about how many we were going to have biologically and how many we were going to adopt. And, um, you know, and then, or we were going to adopt first, but yeah, we never we talked never about had, it. Just never. <laughs> so this, mind. this wasn't on your radar at, at, no. at early on in marriage either. Not, not just growing at up all. But early on in marriage, not something that was. Sonia, Sonia had a goal for how many kids we were going to have, which was. Four. Four, yeah, and okay. then we ended up having. We had five biologically, biologically <laughs> and then we adopted one, and we have six now. Yeah, so we overshot our goal, <laughs> which was great, but no <laughs> adoption yeah. was overachievers. Really, <laughs> overachievers, yes. yeah, and yeah. so you know, but adoption wasn't something we ever really talked about at all mm -mm. early on. Not also early then, on. So what was it, when was it that led to this discussion coming up and for you two to consider adoption? Well, you know, we, you know, we've shared before, Chris Sonia's brother, Tony is the founder of Heart of the Bride Ministries. And so, uh, you know, they led the way for us in a, in a lot of different ways, um, sacrificial giving and things that we've shared about before uh, on the podcast. But I, I would also say they were one of the leaders for us, even in adoption. Mm -hmm. uh, but they were amongst a group of people that we, we knew that were adopting, yeah. and, you know, and uh, we served in Northeast Alabama for a while and, and knew a family or two there mm -hmm. that adopted mm -hmm. uh, mostly internationally. I right. would say foster adopt was still something. Not as much I heard of 
at that time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, we, we knew several families that had adopted internationally. Um, Tony and Faith, of course, did that in uh, 2013 or into 2014, adopted internationally from Ukraine. Uh, but for us, and I, I think for me personally, the journey really started in 2008. You know, I've shared the, uh, the story of Julius before, uh, the little boy that I held in 2008, my first trip to Kenya, you know, he just never really left my mind. Um, I don't know that I thought adoption mm-hmm. in 2008. Uh, but then when Sonia got to go in 2011, she met Julius. And so yeah. which one of us first mentioned? I can't even remember, honestly. And it just seemed like a natural conversation when we talked about, Yeah, you know, how we would, we would both be willing and open to do that to Yeah, at some point. So we can't Mm -hmm. pinpoint a date somewhere around 2012 when we got Mm -hmm. to go back together. Mm -hmm. I think it was right before that or right maybe while we were there. um, You know, we we saw Julius again and we began to say, hey, you know, maybe God wants him to be a part of our family. And so really our first thoughts of adoption uh, were to adopt from Kenya and to Mm -hmm. adopt Julius. but then Kenya closed international adoption. Yeah. So God kind of answered that prayer in a, in a really. Yeah. And we were praying. I remember praying specifically, is he supposed to be part of our family or is he supposed to be in Kenya for some other reason and not part of our family? And so God did answer that prayer. Yeah. We weren't, you know, we weren't really, we were saddened at the time, but. But it, it kind of primed our hearts, you know, that, that we had connected with a boy that wasn't one of ours biologically, because I'd never really thought of that or that, you know, I could connect with someone, mm-hmm. a kid that deeply. Um, but, and, and that's unique now. Most people aren't going to have met a child in another country and then feel <laughs> led to adopt. But that, that is the way it happened for us and for you, a few others that we know, especially missionaries that have served in mm-hmm. other countries. But, but it did for us. Um, and that was about the same time we had friends in um, in Cape. We were living in Cape Girardeau by then, yeah. and they were adopting from China internationally, uh, internationally and uh, in South Korea. So we knew several mm-hmm. people adopting at that point. So it was um, it just had become at that point a little, I guess, a little bit more a regular part of our vocabulary mm-hmm. to talk about adoption. And so even when that um, kind of fell through, then with with Kenya, um, you know, then um, we still had that on our hearts. Uh, and then right after that is when uh, our family uh, adopted from Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then everything got kind of kind of got put on hold uh, when God called us to serve with Heart of the Bride, because then we were fundraising, we were moving and stuff like that. So in 2014, that got put on hold and we didn't really think about it for a couple of years mm-hmm. until uh, 2016. And uh, we, I guess, was it? Was it Orphan Sunday or something specific? I just know it was October of 2016. Mm, and we were just open to it. But yeah. Yeah. And we left a church service and I still, I can't remember which one of us said it first, but mm. one of us just said, I mean, should we start praying about adoption again? And we both said yes. Yeah. And so that's kind of what rekindled our hearts for it uh, to begin to uh, to pray about adopting again and to seek the Lord's will on it. Yeah. So after after the thing with with uh, Kenya and them closing the adoptions, adoption was still on your heart. Was it mm-hmm. was it something you kind of thought this is going to happen at some point? Like you were determined that, that that was a path you wanted to go. That was it was just laid on our hearts and it was like we it was like our family wasn't complete yet. So we just felt like we were supposed to adopt it. Then the question was where 
Yeah, after, after Kenya closed, after then Kenya it was closed. like, okay, well, if that it's seemed not Kenya, natural because we had been there and we'd fallen in love with, you know, different children there, but especially him. And, um, yeah, so I think it was just, it was just a burden on our hearts at that point forward. Okay. So as God is, is putting this back on your heart on this Sunday and you know that, that Kenya had closed, what led you to look at China? What, what led you mm-hmm. to adopt from China? Well, you know, I think first of all, we, we had several friends that adopted from China. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that's, and we'll talk about this in a few minutes, you know, when you start considering international adoption, you know, the big questions, where, how, what do you do? Well, we had some people who led the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was a big, a big part of it early on was, Hey, we know people who've done that. Um, and they'll have good advice. Experience. Yeah. Their yeah. experience. Yeah. And then, but I, I think the other two is that, um, and I'm going to mm-hmm. go back to Tony and Faith, Sonia's brother and sister-in-law. I remember when they adopted from Ukraine and he said, <clears throat> excuse me, he said, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we, he said, we felt led to adopt from uh, a place where uh, children would be less likely to hear the gospel. It was you the know, darkest spiritually. Or in darkest spiritually, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, in, in Kenya, uh you know, especially kids, th- this kid was in one of our homes, a heart of the bride home at that time. We knew Julius was hearing the gospel. And, and actually now I've seen pictures of him preaching. So we, we, we think we know why he was supposed to stay in Kenya. Now uh, we're just praying that he becomes a, you know, a proclaimer of the gospel amongst the people of Kenya. Um, but, but then we thought, you know, so then naturally knowing people who'd adopted from China, we looked at that and said, well, that's obviously a place where people is very dark mm-hmm. and people are not, you know, kids are less likely to hear the gospel growing up in an orphanage there. And so, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it was really pretty mm-hmm. quick that yeah. it was, I mean, October of 2016, we felt kind of the renewed call, but mm-hmm. I mean, it was like less than a month. We yeah. were looking at waiting children's yeah. list in China. So maybe a week or two, yeah. but if, I'm not really good at keeping up with time with and I dates, don't journal. But, yeah. And, and I do feel like, um, we had heard the need for boys to be adopted there because so many were adopting girls um, throughout because of the, because of the crisis the of telling policy. the one child and mm-hmm. then everybody wanted a boy to, to adopt. So people immediately started adopting <clears throat> girls, but we heard, well, there was a, a lot of boys that needed to be adopted. It was a, kind of being overlooked. Especially with medical needs. With medical needs. Children mm-hmm. in China, especially with medical needs and then specifically boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not being adopted. And so there's a large number of boys actually in the orphanage system, way more than you would think, mm-hmm. uh, knowing the, the preference for boys and their culture through the one child policy. But yeah. Yeah. So that's what led us to China. And so we were boy. focused. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So in that process, as, as you, you've kind of come to this place to determine it's, it's definitely China and we're going to adopt a boy how did it get to you choosing your son? Like what led to mm. one specific child in all of China? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and being completely open too, we should probably say this about, <laughs> about why we adopted a boy. We knew about the need in China at the same time, biologically, we'd had four girls and one boy. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we were kind of like, and he was wanting a brother. He needs a brother. <laughs> so, Y'all were outnumbered basically. Huh? <laughs> yeah, we want to be completely open with you. You know, sometimes it's a very spiritual process. Sometimes 
it's practical. But it's practical too. And you're praying through this and God says, Hey, your son needs a brother. And so <laughs> let's be completely open about that. But, but, um, so, you know, in China at the time, they don't allow this anymore. There were waiting child lists. You could actually go to an agency website and look through pictures of children who need families. So certain countries still allow that. Um, uh, China right now doesn't even allow international adoptions. It's COVID and international relations are tough. Uh, they're not really allowing that right now. But, um, but so we, we started looking through lists. Sonia was really looking through more lists than I was. Yeah, at um, home and um, just looking at these different children and praying over just what, how is God going to show us this? Yeah, and, and, and to be clear, all of them, have medical mm -hmm. needs, mm -hmm. every one of them. Um, that is going to be the majority of children uh, in the in the Chinese uh, orphanage system. So we did look at one profile. This was probably the toughest decision yeah. we've made, one mm -hmm. of the toughest ever. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they sent us, uh, they, they send you the profile, or at least back then they would, and you would have a week, a whole week yeah. to pray through it, um, kind of research their needs. Um, and so we, we have... We've been blessed with a large number of doctor friends. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, and my uh, members of my family are in the medical profession. So we just sent, you know, all of that information out to people to get advice. Um, but what we determined was his medical need was something we could not treat in our local area. Mm -hmm. And, you know, or anywhere close or anywhere yeah. even close. Mm -hmm. And in fact, one of our staff members at Heart of the Bride had a grandchild with a similar medical need and her children were moving to Dallas to seek treatment for their child. So we kind of knew fairly soon within a few days that, you know, if, if we adopted this child, we, it would just be an incredible challenge to get the treatment they needed. Um, and at that point, you know, this was before COVID, uh, Heart of the Bride wasn't, I mean, we weren't even really equipped for online work at all. And we really need to be here near the home office. So we, we had to say no to him. And that was really, yeah really hard. That's I mean, that's hard. harder than I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. um, and we have actually kept up with him online. Some we've seen some videos that they've posted and he's, he's doing really well. So we're, <laughs> we really continue to pray for him, but um, off and on, but yeah, see that he's doing well. So anything yeah. you want to no, add to that? Just, I agree. It was a hard decision. And then, then it was kind of like, well, what do we do next? We don't want to just, do you start looking right away or do you give it some time when you've had to say no to someone um so that was a challenge even to start the looking process again yeah but sonia was doing it so sonia you know on a wednesday night said hey uh i found uh, this little boy and at that point his name was lee li on the on the the website and mm -hmm. so we looked at him and and his picture mm -hmm. you know read through the information they give you just they give you some of the medical needs on the website and a little personality things too. oh yeah a little they bit give, about yeah. their personality and and um just very vague though yeah and so we yeah. said yeah let's let's get some more information on this guy so sonia called the next morning and um, this is what she was told yeah okay so they were they were very vague um, because I don't think they want to influence you like come and get this boy. But, um, but, but they, they told me that um, this child was going to need a decision by the end of the by four o'clock. Well, we figured out it was four o'clock because yeah. their time zone was different than ours. Yeah. So 
like because of the particular situation. Um, so his, his profile was going to have to be returned to China. They're only allowed to be in the waiting child system for so long. And so it was due mm -hmm. back the next day. And so instead of a week, they said, you really just have till the end of the so day. The end of the day, which really wasn't a full day for us even. And so, um, so we immediately Sonia called me, said, Hey, this is the situation. They just, just emailed it to me. I'm going to send it to you. Felt this urgency to, um, to start pursuing just all of our doctor friends. And like Brian was talking about the friends that we have that would have knowledge on his particular medical condition. Yeah. But I, I'll have to be honest. I think in the moment, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I think we both kind of felt like, well, this is, this, this is, is our, our son. son, you know, like this is an odd situation, but it's not, you know, it didn't take God by surprise. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we, we did our due diligence, right? We, mm -hmm. I mean, we sent the file out, we asked people specific questions, and obviously praying all day, obviously just, praying yeah. all day. And I was, I was at the office, which is about 35 minutes from where we lived then. And so and I just remember even, I was driving around and just praying while I was driving and just, um, the whole office was praying. Call, I was yeah, sharing with our office. People. Hey, here's what's going on. I need you guys to be praying. Yeah, calling so. different people to be, be in prayer with us over this. So yeah. by the end of the day, we, I mean, well, by four o'clock, we felt yeah. led to call them and say, yes. Yes. This, and so when I called son. back, it was really neat because the story behind it was they, when we told them yes, when we said, yes, we want to pursue adopting Lee, that they said, oh, we've just been wondering what the Christmas were going to say. We've just been talking about it and praying about it all day because, because we were about to enter his name to where it wouldn't have been able, he wouldn't have been a possibility after this, yeah, my once, understanding. Once their file was put back into the, the, the system, the Chinese system, like it's gone. Like it's incredibly hard to find. You can't pull it back. You know, it's, he's, I mean, even though the paperwork may have still been sitting on their desk, the, the, the ability to grab that and say, this is a child paired with people would be, would have been gone. So. And what was really funny because our family, if you know, our family, we like coffee and that's just something about us and, and our children do. And, um, and, and that soon Daniel would, well, Lee would come to like coffee. But the thing about it is, is that they were about to enter him. But what they said is you wouldn't believe, they were like, you wouldn't believe we had a broken coffee pot. And they said, we, um, we were about to enter him, but we were kind of being a little, and they called themselves, I don't know if they said that we were kind of being bad or we were just because we really wanted our coffee. And so we sent the girl that was supposed to be doing the entering out for Starbucks because she needed to get us coffee because our coffee pot had broken. And so that and was, you called while I called she was gone. while she was gone and he was literally about to be gone. And as far as our grasp. So okay. when she got back and looked at the stack of files, Daniel is what we named him uh, when we adopted him. Daniel's file was next. Was on so the, yeah. the broken coffee pot prevented her from, you know, because she agreed to go get coffee, prevented her from entering his file and actually saved him before yeah. till Sonia called. And, and then they pulled it out and waited for us to and give then the answer. They waited for us to give the answer, but they were all, on, they said, we're all on pins and needles wanting to know and hoping y'all would say yes. And so they just kind of, they were rejoicing in that office because it was just such a crazy um, 
it was just such a crazy situation. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we think it's pretty cool that God used coffee <laughs> and a broken, a broken coffee, coffee pot, pot. Yeah. To save, you know, our son for us and to lead us, uh, you know, to adopt, uh, Daniel. So, you know, it's pretty awesome. I mean, God works in mysterious ways mm -hmm. and he can use coffee. And so <laughs> he did. Yeah. And uh, we just think that's a really cool part of the story because it does show the providence of God mm -hmm. at work in this. You know, there are a lot of practical decisions you have to make, you know, and there was with, with saying no to the first uh, boy, because I mean, it, it just was, it was like, okay, medically, we cannot help him here. Um, you know, but then when you look at Daniel, it's it's not it only God speaking. It's such a sense of urgency, which always, yeah. it's not always the case when God is calling you to do something. But when he is, and it's an urgent situation, um, just that that um, ability to answer yes by the end of that day wasn't easy. No. It and, was an easy yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, if we had waited one more day to call yes, a few hours, if the coffee pot hadn't broken. I think about that a lot. Just if I had waited you know, and I remember Brian leaving for work that morning and we were like, should we go ahead and call? And, um, and he, he gave he was like, you go, go ahead and call and see if, see if that's a possibility, if he, if he's still available. And I remember as soon as he, you know, he had agreed with me on that, then I called right away and, and I didn't know how, you know, time, the time restraint or the time, um, sensitive matter that, that was under calling right then. But God had me called in. So that's just really, really a cool, a cool part of his story. So these are the really cool parts of stories like this. Mm -hmm. When you get to see the providence of God and his yes. sovereign will unfold and you get to, you know, as you're making decisions on this side, you get to hear all that happened on the other side that yeah. made this happen. And that could have only been God's hand at work. <laughs> You know, for mm -hmm. that to happen at that time, you know, with his name being next. So um, yeah. that's such a testament to, to God's sovereign hand and oh yeah, and how oh, he yeah. accomplishes his will. <laughs> that's oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. In some really cool ways. Shows you that God is still at work in this mm -hmm. world, right? Sometimes we get distracted. Yeah. We don't see that. We, you know, he's but always working. If you're watching, he is, he's always working. And he was that day for mm -hmm. sure. So we mm -hmm. saw it. We immediately close, knew we it. We didn't know we were kind of close. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, Brian, we've talked before about the Israelites and Joshua and setting up the stones, you know, as, as, you know, memorials for them to give thanks to God, but also to look at the mm -hmm. stones, to remember back to the times of God's faithfulness. And that's it's what faithful. these are. These are those stack of stone moments to look back mm -hmm. and remember the next time you're facing something like God has shown himself faithful over and over again. Absolutely. And, and to remember yeah. too, that God speaks, you know, and, and you've got yeah. to be, as, as we've talked about in the office mm -hmm. this year, you've got to be watching for God to speak and he's going to speak in a number of ways, right? He was speaking in our hearts. He was obviously leading us through the Holy spirit. You know, he was, he was speaking to us through other believers as we were consulting them about, you know, uh, about his medical needs and what we would need to do and how we could do it. And, uh, and then it was, it's pretty cool. One of the doctor friends we had, they, they'd adopted a child with well, a, 
almost identical medical mm -hmm. needs. So, you know, and he's a believer and they were wow. giving us advice. And then at the same time, he was working through circumstances on the other side, yeah. you know, to, uh, to, to lead us and, and to prevent Daniel from being, you know, processed out. Mm -hmm. And so God speaks in a number of ways. And so he still works in this yeah. world. He still speaks. And yeah. so, yeah, that, it's a miracles. testimony to us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so this is actually going to be part one of your story. We have more that we want everybody to come back next week for. So what we're going to do is, as we've, we've heard leading up here to this part where God intervened to, to let Daniel be adopted by you guys next episode, we're going to talk about just the, a little bit about the logistics of that process of adopting from China, adopting overseas, and what some of the difficulties were that you faced during that process. And then what it was like, uh, bringing him home and what it, what it's been like since he's been here and, and been a part of your family. And, and so we're excited to hear kind of the rest of the story. We'll play a little Paul Harvey next, you know, come back for the rest <laughs> of the story. Yeah. And uh, so we're excited to hear that. So um, thank you for sharing this first part. I, I hope people are encouraged uh, by your guys's love and, and commitment to adopt and, for God's faithfulness and how he made it happen and how the process went and what he did to intervene for Daniel to be a part of your family. And so what we want to do is just encourage you all who are watching this, subscribe to the channel. That way you can get updates whenever we have new episodes, including next week's where you get the rest of the story, hit that bell so you can be notified. And then Leave a comment. This just helps the algorithm get this video out to more people so that they can be encouraged by stories like this as well. Share it with your friends. Uh, if you are wanting to do audio only or have a friend who doesn't really do YouTube, then you can direct them to our podcast channels on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also check out our website, heartofthebride.org, where you can hear more about how we're working with adoption care even with the adoption grant, and then all that we do with foster care and with overseas orphans as well. There's a lot uh, that you can be a part of in engaging with us, praying with us, coming alongside us. And, and we'd love to, to share with you some opportunities uh, of how you can get involved. Uh, you can email Brian. Brian, I'm going to throw your email out there. Do it. Do it. A-N. Yeah. I, not Y. Brian at heartofthebride.org. Uh, he's the executive director. He would love to talk with you about opportunities to get involved. Uh, you can email me as well, Tommy at heartofthebride.org. But check out the website. Yeah. And uh, or if Brian you have questions about adoption, yeah. hey, if you just have, if you're yeah. watching this, you have questions about adoption, uh, email me, email me, or any one of us, and we'll be happy to talk to you about those things as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what better than to hear from someone who's who's been through it, you know? And and we're thankful to have you know, a couple personal testimonies right within our work family uh, to share both from a local and from an international adoption. And, and we'll get to hear the local adoption story uh, actually later on the, this month. And so we're, we're excited to continue to share these stories. So yeah, definitely reach out to us. We have people who would love to walk with you along that process and, and just give you some more info, but Brian Asanya, thank you for sharing part one. Uh, we're excited to stay and, and, uh, Go ahead and discuss part two uh, that we will share next week. So thank you guys for joining us. Sonia, thank you for, for making your debut. You did great. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> good job.
Yeah. So you'll be a season pro for the next episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see y'all again soon to finish up the adoption story. And thank you for joining us as we plead the cause for the orphaned and vulnerable children around the world.